What is up? Getting through that turkey hangover on this Monday. And we've got some Monday night football to discuss tonight. A couple of teams with losing records. Yeah, Monday night football classic. The Seahawks, the Washington football team, but it does feature maybe my favorite uh, DFS player. And we'll get into that. I'm Pete McCarthy, Matt Savoka with me at Draftaholic. Give him a follow on Twitter. Good weekend, Matt. I had a great weekend filled with lots of food and family. Hope all of our viewers and listeners did too. Hope you did as well, Pete. Uh, I am ready to dig into this one though. Uh, huge range of outcomes, should we say, for this hmm. one with how these teams have been playing. There is a little bit of that. I am excited though that we get uh, Taylor Heineke on the national stage. He's just like so <laughs> much fun to play because it's all over the place. He can throw four picks, drive you absolutely insane. He can... He's going to throw it up in the end zone and see what happens. He, he's like Brian Fitzpatrick almost, right? The guy he's ended up coming in for. I just think he's uh, he's a lot of fun. And, yes, definitely a large range of outcomes when it comes to Taylor Heineke, as we've seen. Yeah, yeah. And usually there's some consistency with Russell Wilson. But as we'll get into when we mm. go position by position, I'm not sure that consistency is something we can certainly bank on. The last two weeks has given us certainly something to pause in about in that regard so uh certainly shoot out potential from both of these quarterbacks can't deny that but it's not as likely as it normally would be if it would say strength versus there's definitely some some bad defenses in the mix and maybe that could lead to a, a little bit of a shootout here but give us a like subscribe keep up with all of our shows dfs offers giveaways and much much more once you do subscribe Hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Be sure to also check out today's free premium tools and data, which are Monday Night Football top plays, NBA player rankings, and NHL ownership projections. Uh, the basics. The Seahawks are a one-point favorite here. We're not getting a whole lot there, but uh, Vegas expecting a close game, or at least evenly matched teams here. Over under 47, kind of running the mill as far as that goes. Weather shouldn't be a factor. It's cold, but it's cleared. Not much wind, 37 degrees. Uh, there are some interesting things as far as the injury report goes, which uh, we will get into a couple of questionable receivers for Washington and the Seattle running back situation is certainly in flux. Big picture here, Matt. Uh, how do you expect this game to, to, to go? Or, I mean, what exactly are the range of outcomes here that you keep in mind as you put together your lineups tonight? Yeah, that's, I think that's the best way to think about it, right? If you're creating DFS lineups, you got to be thinking about game flow. And the most likely outcome, though we should get into it, isn't necessarily the outcome that we actually see once these two teams play it out. So I still think the most likely outcome is what exactly Vegas has projected here. A close game with points for both teams in, a, in the mid-20s, maybe someone sneaking up there to that 25, 26 range, but something's got to go right or wrong for the other team for that to occur. Certainly though, we gotta say that the ceiling is there for both teams with both teams having strong top receiving cores and quarterbacks who, as you talked about, can both have ceiling games here. Heineke a little less consistent over the course of his young career than Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson as of now is not the same player with this hand injury still lingering over him, though he is back in the lineup. Played better last week than he did two weeks ago, but still not the same player. So we have to say that also in the range of outcomes uh, is a game where it gets pretty ugly as well. And the running backs are really the only thing that works. And 
honestly, these pass defenses both for both teams look like the weak point, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what happens here. Hmm. There could be an ugly game in this in this one as well. I just don't think that's the most likely thing. Now, Washington has the 30th ranked pass defense, according to Football Outsiders. Seattle 25th, and that's really a surprise coming into this season as Seattle forever has had a very good defense under Pete Carroll. He hasn't been able to figure out what's going wrong, both defensively and offensively, where they can't convert any third downs. And then the Washington football team now without Chase Young as well. Uh, so it's been a, a frustrating year for both of these teams, obviously both losing records coming in, and they'll be trying to figure some things out along the way here tonight. As far as the injury report goes, uh, Washington receivers Adam Humphreys and Curtis Samuel are questionable, but we do expect them to play. Tight end Ricky Seals-Jones is doubtful and a big return for Washington with uh, tight end Logan Thomas expected to be back out there today. Yeah, that's a big one. He played 100% of snaps in the first three games, three games that he has been active already this season. So I expect him to step into a huge role we had seen DeAndre Carter, who's mostly a special teams player, kind of come on for Washington. I kind of expect that to evaporate with these wide receivers getting healthier here. And honestly, this is probably the best-looking Washington team, even without Ricky Seals-Jones expected to play. Mm -hmm. In terms of offensive weapons, this is probably the most healthy they've been in a while, question mark. I feel like that is adding to the shootout potential here. And as you mentioned, the Seattle pass defense has been pretty darn bad over the last few weeks Washington giving them a run for their money but if you look at DVOA past DVOA specifically they're 25th in the NFL and 31st in yards per pass attempt allowed that's mm. right there with Washington who's 30th in yards per pass attempt allowed and 30th in DVOA so definitely shootout potential there for both sides yeah there's a reason now uh, these two teams are where they are in the standings we'll get into the Seattle running situation coming up in a bit uh, but we're going to hit the Seattle passing game in a moment uh first tell you look it's cyber monday we're in the mix on all the cyber monday fun as well if you're a new user to osmo plus check out this deal you can save 75 percent on your first week of osmo plus platinum just use the promo code cyber that's promo code cyber and for those of you that maybe you have a tough time spelling C-Y-B-E-R, right? No S. Uh, for full access to everything we have to offer here at Osmo for only $7.50. It gives you player projections, ownership projections, lineup builder, boom, bus tools, which are so valuable on these Monday night football slates and it works for the NBA as well. Uh, so if you're looking to introduce yourself to Osmo Plus, a great deal to take advantage of it. Again, it's Cyber Monday. It's only going to be available until midnight. Uh, you also have, there's going to be a gap between, I think it's 6 Eastern, 8.15 Eastern, where this one works. You want to get in on it now. The reason it won't work is uh, it's been so popular in the past that it's apparently crashed the site close to lock. So we're making sure none of that's going to happen. So if you want to get in on it, do it now. Promo code CYBER. Again, 75% off your first week of Osmo Plus. Uh, Seattle. Russell Wilson, right off the bat. Dude, what's happening here? $32 is the price tag on Russell Wilson, so you got to pay up on him versus, say, Taylor Heineke. Uh, Ten touchdowns, three interceptions. They've struggled mightily on third down. He's not running as effectively this year either, so, you know, those little fantasy points, maybe consider it a bonus. That really hasn't been there. Taylor Heineke has run uh, for about twice as many yards as Russell Wilson over the course of this year. Heineke, a couple of extra games because of Wilson's injury. How do we judge these last few weeks of Russell Wilson, the shutout against Green Bay, 
Uh, another not so great performance last week versus that finger that we hope, right? It's getting better. We want to watch Russ Cook. Yeah, this is tough, Pete. This is really tough. So if you're playing tournaments, you can't leave Russell Wilson out of your player pool, right? You can't do that. You know what the ceiling is, especially with these two great wide receivers on the outside. But if you look at the awesome projections and then you compare it to salary, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to play Russell Wilson over Taylor Heineke. And for someone who's just a casual fan who doesn't really know what the stats have been like this year, I am assuming that's pretty jarring, knowing what we know about Russell Wilson's career overall. But you said it. Over the last two weeks, he's been super off. And while he went from that atrocious four yards per attempt that he had in Green Bay in Week 10 to a better eight yards per attempt, which is much more Russell Wilson-esque, in week 11 he still did that on only 26 passes ends up with just 207 passing yards and like you said the rushing yards that's not been a part of his game so far since coming back from the injury i know he didn't get hurt in the lower body but still just 34 mm -hmm. total rushing yards uh not adding that air that part of his game at all anymore really so the floor is really really low here we're talking single digit fantasy points as he's put up the last two weeks not not ruling out something like that week one game where he had over 25 fantasy points. We know that's in the range of outcomes. But as our median projections show on Osmo.com, that is not the most likely thing. I think it's interesting, especially playing on Yahoo, when you look at the superstar spot, it's so easy to just take the top performer or the biggest name in a game and pound them in that superstar spot. But how about the fact you look at our uh, stack tool and the, uh, the, the showdown situation, it gives you the percentage of a chance that a player is the highest scoring player in a given game. Russell Wilson and Taylor Heineke are tied for that superstar spot. So, look, I, I think in Yahoo, it's going to be hard to get away from Russell Wilson, as you talked about, having him in your lineup at all. But maybe you don't want to go with him there. We don't have ownership projections for Yahoo, but I think it's a pretty fair bet that you're going to have positive leverage on Heineke and negative leverage on Russell Wilson. I think that is a very fair bet. That said, in a game where we don't expect a huge amount of raw fantasy production from the skill position players, the points that a quarterback gets you compared to all other players oh, yeah. start to become much more valuable. So in that context, Russell Wilson is far from unplayable, right? And as you said, in the, in the superstar spot on Yahoo where you don't have that salary bump, we're never going to advise away from choosing a quarterback in small field tournaments or cash games. That's always an option. But we do have to say the variability in how Russell Wilson performs is extremely high if you mm -hmm. have not been keeping up from a week-to-week -week basis on how he's doing. Yes, he still has Lockett on the outside. Yes, he still has Metcalf. And he certainly has a 25-point game in his range of outcomes. But you're playing him because he's a quarterback and other players aren't not because he's Russell Wilson is really the point you're, you're getting at. And that quarterback, it's just so valuable on Yahoo. I mean, I'll tell you, look, I play three to five lineups. I'm not playing a hundred. Uh, I lock in both quarterbacks. So for this game, I'll probably try to have maybe three or four with Taylor Heineke at the top, one or two of Russell Wilson at the top, but I'll have both of them in all of my lineups. And generally it, it works. Uh, it, it doesn't differentiate you a whole lot, but it's been profitable over the course of the entirety of the season because it's just so often you've both quarterbacks in that optimal lineup. And then you got to, mm -hmm. you know, find a way, you know, who's that $10 player, whoever it is that nobody has that finds the end zone, scores the touchdown. And uh, that's often where you can 
differentiate yourself rather than doing it with the quarterbacks. But with Russell Wilson back, one thing we have seen in recent weeks is DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett getting a lot more looks. And that's where it always starts with this Seattle offense. We're talking about it from a DFS standpoint. Metcalf, $29. You got to pay up for him. Uh, Tyler Lockett is $23. Metcalf has found the end zone a heck of a lot more than Tyler Lockett over the course of this season. Eight touchdowns versus three. After that, I think you're throwing darts. Uh, do you have a preference between Metcalf and Lockett, considering what the prices are? Yeah, just a slight, slight preference for Metcalf, the way that the players have been playing. I know it's more salary, but I still feel like the way that Lockett typically gets there is through a solid connection deep with Russell Wilson. And with the way he's been playing, the way that his hand still seems to be bothering him, I still think that's slightly less likely than it is for Metcalf, who can both make contested catches with his big athletic frame and also soak up targets underneath. Uh, but you do have to say, over the course of the season, Lockett has the exact same target share and a slightly higher air yard share than Metcalf. So in pure opportunity over the course of the whole season, Lockett looks like the value. I will say since, uh, since Wilson came back these last few weeks, Metcalf is certainly getting uh, more target share, about 5% more looks in this offense. So it's really close, and the salary difference is not nothing. But in terms of the way this team is playing, slight preference for Metcalf if you can get there. Beyond that, uh, you let me know if anybody is a factor here. Freddie Swain, 13 bucks, has seen 28 targets this year. He had the tight end, Gerald Everett, at $12, 29 targets, only one touchdown. Uh, then you're really throwing darts with, like, D. Eskridge, Will Disley, the backup tight end. Um, anything down there? Oh, man. I guess we have Freddie Swain currently projected for more than Gerald Everett, but I'm still going with Everett, who it, as early as week 10 had eight targets, caught all eight for 63 yards. That's really what you're hoping for, the tight end at that low salary. You know, three receptions for 37 yards like he had last week probably doesn't kill you. It's probably the most likely outcome here. But if you're going for a third option, that's probably my best bet. It gets real ugly real fast, as you said. It does. All right, so there you go. The Seattle passing game. And again, going up against Washington football team pass defense that hasn't been very good at all over the course of this year. We'll get to the Washington pass game in a moment. Uh, but let you know we've partnered with Yahoo Fantasy this NFL season. We got some great offers for you. You can check out our exclusive limited time offer, which gets you one free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Now, to qualify, you need to be new to Yahoo. Sign up for an account via the link below, deposit, and play. Yahoo will send us your name after you play in your first paid contest, and we'll reach out via email with your coupon. And if you need immediate access, email support at Osmo.com, and we'll get you all set up. And, of course, you can also claim a free $10 of site credit by clicking the link in the video description below, which can be used to enter any Yahoo contest, including Sunday's $1 million NFL baller, Yahoo has been phenomenal. You should be checking them out. I mean, they have had all kinds of giveaway contests. If they're not necessarily free, you're getting site credit back. Um, $100,000 to first place is a dollar to enter on Thanksgiving. Make sure that is part of your routine. Uh, see what kind of promotions they have there. And, of course, use our DFS tools and projections at Osmo designed specifically for Yahoo to give yourself the best shot at winning big. All right, my boy, Taylor Heineke, coming in at just 24 bucks tonight. I'll be loading up on him. Yeah, the interceptions are a part of what he does. Nine picks on the year. He's run for 276 yards, a touchdown in there as well. He's thrown 15 touchdowns. 
It was against Carolina last week. He threw three. This dude can put up a lot of points. Hey, I didn't know we had the love for Taylor Heineke here, Let's but go. we share it, man. This is great. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the first thing I saw when I looked at this game's projection is, oh, wow, Taylor Heineke is higher, has a higher projection than Russell Wilson. That was jarring to me mm-hmm. on its own, but I totally get it. I mean, if you look at just the rushing floor he offers, as you mentioned, his 45 carries, that's seventh among all quarterbacks. If you put that in carries per game, it's 10th among all quarterbacks and better than that if you just count the ones that are still starting. And he's good for at least one red zone carry a game. So not just this one-off game where he had 95 rushing yards. That's great. That can happen sometimes to athletic players. But he's got some consistency in there from an opportunity standpoint that can't be ignored. And then as long as he doesn't slide at the goal line or wherever he did a few weeks back. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, even he doesn't have a good conversion rate, that's for sure. So we could actually see some some positive regression from Roger Taylor (laughs) Heineke. We don't need him to be Um, efficient. The Washington football fans, or if you bet on Washington, then you need him to be efficient. We just need him to get a lot of opportunities and take advantage of some of them. It could absolutely happen here. And he really is a gunslinger in terms of overall attempts. He's still kind of middle of the pack, but he we've seen over the course of the last few weeks where he's willing to pass in game scripts where it tells it's 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 required from Washington. And their defense is often requiring it of them. 32 passes against Tampa Bay, 39 against Denver, 37 against Green Bay, 39 against Kansas City. So when that offense on the other side shows up, as it certainly could for Seattle, Heineke is want to sling it. And so I'm happy to get to him in all sorts of lineups, cash, small field, or large field GPPs. And it's hard to get away from Terry McLaurin if you're going to be putting Taylor Heineke, especially at the top of that superstar spot. There just there hasn't been anyone else that has really emerged as a pass catcher for Washington. McLaurin has 91 targets uh, of the players available today. Next up is 30. Well, it would be 35 targets for Ricky Seals-Jones, but he's expected to be out. If Adam Humphreys plays 32 targets, I, I mean, it's Terry McLaurin or bust. And what's great is McLaurin's 20 bucks. Do so you think about pairing Heineke for cheaper than Russell Wilson? And maybe he doesn't get the ownership that Russell Wilson does, even though the projection has him higher. And then McLaurin is cheaper than both DK Metcalf and Lockett. And there's no choice to be made. You don't have to hope, oh, I got the receiver that's going to bust out. Terry McLaurin is going to see targets, going to see opportunities in this game. You said it. I mean, that is where our tools are pointing us to in this spot here. Not to say that the Seattle side can't hit, but McLaurin has such a lead in target share and air yard share. He's got 28% of the team's targets of the team of the players who are expected to be active. The highest target share below him is going to be Logan Thomas actually at 16% and then JD McKissick. If you're not playing McLaurin, those two players are really the only other options you're looking at as receiving game players here, because I don't know what to expect from Ricky Seals Jones. I don't know what to, excuse me, from Curtis Samuel from Adam Mm -hmm. Humphreys in this spot. So it's all about McLaurin and his expected opportunity. We know that variability happens for all wide receivers, but there's no concern about talent. There's no concern about him getting separation. And the target share has been so consistent this year. Listen to his last five weeks in targets, eight, 12, eight targets, 12 targets, seven targets, eight targets, seven targets. Certainly feels like a seven target floor for Terry McLaurin here. 
you're basically fading, you're specifically fading him if you're playing Taylor Heineke and not going to McLaurin as well. So you better have a good reason for it. I can't find one really. Well, unless Curtis Samuel is 12 bucks and uh, you know, he was supposed to be a key part of the offense, just hasn't been out there on the field. Again, Samuel Humphreys, they're questionable, though it seems they're leaning towards playing. They were limited in practice this week. Uh, so we'll see exactly how that goes closer to um, to lock. DeAndre Carter has been a bit of a factor for Washington in recent weeks, but now you have you know potentially Samuel and Humphreys in the mix. I mean, we're going to have some of these guys in lineups, but where else are you going beyond Terry McLaurin? So I got, I got to say in the wide receiver core, it's really, really tough. Yeah. We can talk about tight ends in a moment, but Adam Humphreys is just not a player that has big play potential the way he's used as a slot receiver. Most often Deami Brown has been in and out of the lineup and really has been a non-factor. And as we said, Deandre Carter, mostly a special teams player forced into the wide receiver rotation because of injuries. Now we likely see that fade away. So in a one game slate, you can play any wide receiver that has a snap share. I expect that to be in order. Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys, and then beyond that, it's, it's a real wash. But if you're talking about second favorite receiving options beyond McLaurin, it's not wide receivers. It's a tight end, and it's a running back. So Logan Thomas could be one of those uh, in that spot. We'll see if he gets a full snap share tonight. John Bates would be the backup, uh, assuming that Ricky Seals-Jones is unable to go. And uh, as far as the running game goes, we'll get to that here. Uh, but it is, again, it's Cyber Monday, and... Uh, this isn't like some 30%, hey, you know, like you get a TV for 200 bucks off and it costs two grand. We're going to be like 75% off your first week of Osmo Plus Platinum, like 75%. So it's a pretty cool Cyber Monday deal. Uh, check it out, promo code CYBER. And again, this is for new users of Osmo Plus. But this will give you full access to everything we have to offer here at Osmo, just $7.50. Uh, running backs, look, the guy who's been such a big factor in the past game for Washington, J.D. McKissick, he's not a secret anymore. He's $17. You know, against the Giants earlier this year, he was minimum priced. Not the case anymore. Uh, also with the Washington running game, Antonio Gibson. If they're playing from ahead, he's a factor. But if they fall behind, he comes out of the game and can be totally erased. So you want to keep that in mind if you're going to play Gibson tonight. Uh, what do you make of this Washington run game? I'm fine with playing both players. Really, I think of McKissick more as a weapon. Happens to have the running back label, but you know, a single game slate where we got a flex in a superstar spot. I don't really care that he's technically labeled a running back here. He's a passing game weapon. I think mm -hmm. he's the second best passing game weapon. You know, maybe Logan Thomas when healthy has something to say about that. But the reason we can't be so trusting of Antonio Gibson is because of how well McKissick has played this season. We've even seen in positive game script, they're still not going to Gibson for a full snap share. Only 46% of snaps last week. He's been hovering around there, maxing out at 64.8% of snaps this season. So while the opportunity should still be there in the rushing game for Gibson, things really have to go right. And he's got to rely on his efficiency. That said, he has been efficient. If you look at evaded tackles, his 63 evaded tackles this season is third amongst all running backs, and his evaded tackles per touch rate is in the top 12 as well. Even though he's not getting receiving work, which is what we want mostly for our running backs to make them game script proof, he's still good enough to take a chance on. He's just not a priority play. I was looking at the top 
the top plays tool, and he still comes out right below the two big Seattle receivers in probability of being the top scorer, and he's tied with Terry McLaurin. That gives you the idea of the ceiling there for Gibson, even without the receiving floor. Well, and part of that, I think, is Seattle's run defense has been top 10 in the league, according to DVOA. The weakness is really in the passing game for Seattle. We'll see if Washington is able to take advantage of that. Now, for the Seattle running game, they are banged up. They have two active running backs as of now, and they could elevate someone from the practice squad before game time. But we're talking about Alex Collins at $16. He's had injury problems all year, uh, but he can get going, and, and Pete Carroll loves to run the ball, so uh, we could see some opportunities for him. And then DJ Dallas becomes interesting, I think, just because of the price tag at $10. Exactly. And honestly, both players, simply from a salary-based expect expectation standpoint, they're they're really interesting. Because if you can get a bell cow running back for $16 on Yahoo, I'm very, very interested, particularly in cash games. The volume should be there. Last week, we had 10 opportunities and zero targets. The week before that for Alex Collins, 10, op 10 carries and one target. Hmm. The week before that, 10 carries and zero targets. I do feel like the role is a bit capped here for Alex Collins, although it, we have seen him when he was the only healthy running back. He, he had up to a 21 opportunity game against Pittsburgh. That that game did go into overtime. He was great I, in that I'm game. Just yeah, he, he really did play well. And honestly, he was efficient. He, he's showed up all season long. He was great in the preseason. He's looked as good as any running back in that backfield. I'm just concerned that they have no allegiance to him. And if they get by the goal line, they certainly will still be looking for Lockett and Metcalf. And there's no, uh, there's no guarantee that he'll be in there over DJ Dallas. I certainly think it is more than a 60-40 split, though, moving towards that 65-35 split. So you've got to consider Collins a solid play at just 16. How about these defenses? I think with the price tag, they're playable. As we talked about, there's a wide range of outcomes here. Uh, Seattle, $13. Washington, just 12 Yeah, we can definitely play them. I, I know the defenses haven't been great, but we've no. also seen defenses on certain platforms taking down millionaire makers because it helps you get unique because it, in the superstar spot or even just in lineups in large field tournaments, people are a little bit wary of playing them because the floor, of course, is very, very low. But a defensive touchdown at low salary can help you tremendously. So I'm not against it here. The big thing is I hate playing defenses in fantasy yeah. when it's their pass defense versus their rush defense that is their vulnerability. And you can say that about both teams. So you can they're in the dark throw category but i can't point to anything that makes them really strong options other than the variation in this game yeah who's kind of tough to reward you on that because it's only a i think it's because it's only a five man roster or however you want to put it uh it's the only have five slots to try to get that defense in that you just don't have the cost savings that you have on uh some other websites as well when you're putting uh your lineup together but you know look Taylor heineke like we talked about he's capable of throwing those four interceptions having a lamar jackson night i just uh i think he's fun because he's all over the place and uh i'll be rolling the dice with some taylor heineke tonight i love him the superstar spot is there uh, a top superstar or maybe uh an offbeat superstar that you look at here yeah, I really like Terry McLaurin. As we talked about, the certainty of him being that top option in the Washington offense takes away that testing game I have to in the Seattle offense. As much as I like those big two receivers, I still have to get it right between them. All right, so uh, so we'll see. Taylor Heineke, Russell Wilson, a little Monday night football. Uh, some desperate teams here uh, needing to win <laughs> yeah. between the Seahawks and Washington. And look, as a Jets fan, if the Seahawks keep losing, 
not the end of the world. Uh, we got their first round pick sitting there. Hey, we got a lot of uh, more content coming up throughout the day. Of course, we get into the NBA uh, at the live before lock pre-show uh, starting up at 4.15 Eastern time. So a little bit more than half an hour from now, uh, followed by the deeper dive. We got NBA live before lock at 6 Eastern and then back to the NFL showdown live before lock starting up at 7.15 Eastern time. And Matt Savoca will be back for that. Matty, always a pleasure. Uh, we'll see you soon. And thanks, guys, for being active in the chat, getting involved in the show. We'll see you soon.